Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Saman Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. So, welcome to episode 91 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Todd Widener is here with me today. No Peter. Yeah. Good to see you, Todd. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I wish Peter was here. Don't know what to expect here. We could be going off the rails. No, we're going to stay on the rails. It's like old times. All Just right. you and me talking shit. The whole time. All right, let's get in. Thanks for Rhonda and the folks at RM Management. Thanks to Dwight at DDGCustoms.com. And thank you to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. We, I think I said it last week, we are up to around a thousand listens. So that's $30 for veterans outreach, not including the cuss jar. And like I said last <laughs> week, we'll get back to cussing again once the Packer season actually starts and there's something to cuss oh, about. Yeah. That's when the outreach really starts to make their money. Yes, we're very calm in the preseason. <laughs> so you can find us on Twitter at ABG Cheese, but you know this. You will not find us on Facebook, like I keep saying. Peter has done a great job with the website. By the way, Todd, you and I have to put our pictures on the website. So send me a nice-looking picture of yourself oh. so we can put it on there. And a bio. Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah. I actually have to do work. Peter's doing all the work. We just have to right. give him the information and he'll right. put it on there. Yes. So episode 91, no Peter. I know. And episode 91. Be... E. Yeah. It's be... slim pickings. I so, came up with Brian Noble. Yes. Do you remember that one of the bigger busts in Packer history, relatively recent? The Packers have only used 91 since 1983. So there isn't a lot of guys that have worn the number. I think it was like 10 or 11 guys who even worn the number, but it's not fair because I'm putting this on you, but one of the bigger busts in Packer history wore 91 defensive tackle. I know him. It's, um, he uh, played at Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Uh, 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 fuck. I know I'll just tell you too. because it's not fair for me to spring these things on you, but Justin Harrell, Justin Harrell won. He wore all time picks. Yes. Remember, they moved up to get him horrible. He was horrible. He wore it for three years, which is almost. So Brian Noble played from like 85 to 93, somewhere in there. I think he's a rookie in 85 and he played until 1993 when he retired with the Packers. His eight seasons is by far the most seasons of anyone that has ever worn the number 91. Now, Preston Smith is going to approach that. He's getting close, yeah. but as yeah. of right now, it's Brian Noble. Brian Noble was a uh, second team all pro in 87, just a solid player, right? Like yeah. he always seemed to make tackles and do the right things. He's not 92. We can talk about yeah. a great 92 next right. week, right? but a good yeah. player. And he was part of that sort of pre coming out of the dark years of the eighties, Mikowski. And like when, when things started to kind of get put together a little bit more. 
Yeah, so he played through Mikowski and then the front end of and then the front end of Farf. Yeah, solid player for yeah. sure. Really good player, Brian Noble. He's got a crazy good um, charity that he started up too. It's, really? Yeah. Well, we'll have to look into that. Maybe that would be next year's charity. Yeah, we'll cuss for them. Maybe we'll get Brian Noble to come on the show. Then we'll take our talents to. We'll take our cussing talents to somewhere else. Right. We're right. yeah. We cuss for whoever wants to take our money. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some slices. You put this in the notes. Cole Van Lannen, Green Bay native, went to Bayport High School, drafted by the Packers in the sixth round a couple of years ago. Traded to Jacksonville today. The room is, it's a competitive offensive line room. I mean, maybe they were just looking down the roster to see like what they can get. It was an undisclosed draft. Seventh round pick. It came out oh, later seventh? on after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But he was drafted in the sixth. They traded him for a seventh. You got something for him. You were probably going to cut him in camp anyway, mm-hmm. right? So if you're going to cut them and you yeah, get something I mean, that's for probably them, what Guten Krause's thought process was is get something for him. But if we can, he'll have an opportunity there. I mean, there's no way he's, he's going to, he's just going to sit around on the sideline or the practice squad at best with the Packers. I mean, going down to Jacksonville, he, I'm not saying he's going to start, but he's going to, he, he could see some playing a um, much more significant playing time. Right. The opportunity so it's, it's good for him. It's good for the Packers. Yeah. It's good all around. You know, you want the local kid to do something. Yeah. But it's a numbers game. You can't keep 15 guys, and you probably couldn't keep them. If he had trade value and you're able to trade him to somebody, he's not going to stick on your practice squad. Someone would have snatched him off of there. So, yeah, you got something for it. Win-win for everybody. So the Packers had to get down to 80 guys today. They released Danny Davis, Malik Taylor, Vernon Scott, and Randy Ramsey. Three of the four, Randy Ramsey, I don't think was injured, but he's had a lot of injuries in the two years or whatever, three years that he's been around and never gotten a ton of playing time. But the rest of those guys, bubble guys to begin with, all hurt. Like Vernon Scott, that kind of surprised me, like seeing that name. I was like, ooh, apparently there's something with Vernon Scott and maybe a few of the other guys where their pain, their pain and injury. Settlement, yeah. An injury settlement, and they... Mm -hmm. You know, he could be still re-signed with the Packers maybe later this season or in the future. They know what they got with Ern and Scott. So, you know, do they pull him back on the practice squad? I mean, I don't think they're super excited about their safety room. So he's got experience in the room. Interesting that him, Vernon Scott, and Henry Black, who both got relatively significant snap bounce last year, they played a little bit last year. Both gone from the roster this year. Yeah. Kind of. I think Scott was a was a pack tear. Ooh wee. Yeah, and you, anytime you see that injury, it's like like it's like a death sentence. Yeah. Nobody comes back after a, a, a torn pack. It's either ripped up from your chest, from your clavicle. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like so, yes. there's. There's nothing good of that injury. And almost nine times out of 10, you don't see guys come back and recover. Even if they come back, they aren't the same player. Right. So that sucks. It does because he's a young guy. Just like Cole Van Lannen, an opportunity to go somewhere else and maybe play. If you played with the Packers, you can go to a Jacksonville. You can go to a Chicago or somewhere and get reps and get and probably get in games because they just yeah. don't have the same amount of talent there. What else? Kylan Hill was put on the pup. I mean, I think that's to be expected, right? I, I mean, they give him be, some time. Yeah, but they must be high on him, right? Because yeah. wouldn't you expect, like, with how his leg got folded last year, 
Wouldn't you expect him to be in that same group as Vernon Scott? I mean, I don't know. No. I guess I not. They must be super high on him. Yeah, remember, Peter was super high on Kylan Hill, yeah. and I think that he showed some flashes of things in the opportunities he did have before he got hurt, I think. I think he's going to be kick returner guy and running yeah. back three at some point in his career, and I think it's going to come relatively quickly. He'll be on the pup for the first four weeks, and then I think you'll see him on the roster. Although that running back three position is, there's a couple guys that are looking pretty good. Who do you like? Well, we, we guess we can talk like, about that later. We'll, we'll get down the list, but yeah. Yeah, they also signed Travis Fulgham, who that guy's not making the roster. I feel like he's just in there to catch passes from somebody in practice. That's what they did last year with him. I saw that Kenny Stills is still out there. He's kind of like social media pining to get on the Packer roster. But if you're not on a roster, we've said this a million times, there's 80 guys on every roster. That's 2,500 guys. If you are not even getting a sniff, nope. Sorry, buddy. Beckham Jr. Now, is he can't even clear until, I think, November or some shit. Right. He got hurt in the playoffs yeah. or in the Super Bowl. So yeah. that's in February. That's a long time coming. That doesn't seem like that's going to happen. out there. He is out there. Out there. The window of thinking that the Packers are going to make a move towards a, a veteran wide receiver to bring in that, that window is closed. Absolutely. We're going into the season with what we got. So to the the next thing, (laughs) right. Your buddy, Chris Olave caught a touchdown against the Packers in the preseason game. That fucking hurt. Uh, He he beat Tipa Nalier. Big deal. (laughs) Whatever. Still, it just did not sit right with me. I'm like, God damn it. That is your guy. So I get it. Uh, Prediction right now. Uh, rookie of the year, Chris. Olave. What Chris Olave? Chris Olave, rookie of the year. Really? Yep. Okay. Telling you. Do Chris you, Olave. Chris? All right. I will mark the tape in my brain. I will forget that, we'll which, which means I'll forget it by the end of the podcast. Right now that you said that, but how many catches do you think Chris Olave has in the preseason? Right now, he's played two. How many? Four. Oh, look at me. <laughs> You know, what I wanted the Packers to do in the draft was exactly what the Saints did to go get him. And then we played the Saints in the preseason and he catches a touchdown. So it was a little bit irked by all of that. Sure. It'll be interesting to see the difference between Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs and Chris Olave. And we'll talk about that later. Let's get into that later. Yeah. So speaking of Christian Watson, he's taking team reps in practice. So that means he's starting to move past this injured period and he may play Thursday night. If he is available in your Matt LaFleur, do you put him out there? Yeah, absolutely. At least for a series or two. I'd say two series, not the full quarter. Okay. Too serious to like at least get the jitters out. The jury's still out on him. I I just I'm nervous. I'm nervous about him, but I think he has to get some reps. If he's good to go going into that game, I think you do play him for the first quarter, quarter and a half. I think you see what you get. I mean, Jordan Love's played into the third quarter, which I think is absolutely right. The Packers are doing that right, giving him as many chances to kick the can as he can. And I think you do that with Watson too. I'm not sure if Kansas City is going to play their starters. I, I kind of heard they were, and then I heard they weren't. I'm guessing that that's kind of like this gentleman's agreement. Fleur and Reed are going to get together and be like, hey, dude, yeah. we're not playing our starters, or we'll play them the first whatever, and then we're out, just so right. you know. 
yeah. think that's the way to do it. Cause you don't want your starters playing against like Kansas city's second string defense. If they're out there and vice versa, they don't want to see their number one yeah. offense against the Packers too deep. Yeah. So Zach Wilson, um, what was he doing out there? What, what are they thinking? I mean, honestly, this is a second year guy who from his performance and everything like this is your guy for right. the franchise for the next foreseeable future. The fuck is he doing out there playing? Come on. In the first game of the fucking preseason. I, I mean, hindsight is 2020. I get right. And I understand that. I totally understand that, but there was either a, that's either a bad decision or bad coaching. You need to coach that. Like if you're going to put him in and that's your decision, then you coach that dude. And you say, look, if you're going to pull it down and run out of the pocket, you run to the fucking sideline. Right. There is no cutting around. No, it's a preseason fucking yardage. Like get out of bounds, dude. That was all upside down. I don't know why he was playing in the first preseason game. Again, he's, I think part of it is what you said. He's a young guy. Right. And he needs to get work in. But I think what the NFL. Right. Right. And they're not going to be good anyway. Right. Like they're they're not going to win more than five, six games anyway. So throwing him out there is really, really a problem. Now it didn't turn out as bad. Right. Because I don't think he's like. It could have been. But it's the first preseason game. I think what teams are starting to do is what the Packers and, and Saints did. We're going to go have a joint practice. We're going to put our ones against your ones in the practice where we're in shorts and shells and we're not going to hit anybody. Where it's controlled. Right. Where we can get guys off and get, you know, you're not, there shouldn't be any big injuries. I think that's the way things are going to go. We might as well just talk about this now. Do the Packers play anybody in the third preseason game? Do defensive starters play? Do any offensive starters play? If you're, the floor no no nobody as far as the the first string is concerned the preseason's over you can't risk it there's too much at stake and they just announced that rogers is definitely not going to play so okay i don't disagree with you but are we going to have what we had in new orleans last year where the first game oh yeah was it a preseason game and it was a total shit show. Yeah, 38-3 ass whooping. Yeah. You could probably convince me to make the case of some of the younger offensive linemen. And from what we've seen, they've been out there, right? Myers. I mean, I mean Myers is coming off injury. Right, Myers has been out but there. Then, but then you look at that and you say, well, do we risk like his knee again? Like, I mean, there's just a lot of... I get both sides of it. And I'm not going to take... I could argue both sides of it easily, but I also understand this is a team trying to get to the Super Bowl, do you want your starting whatever? Get Crosby. Hurt? That's the only person I put out there. Crosby. Go he's hurt. He isn't going to play. That's gar- How almost the fuck is guarantee. he hurt? He just had surgery to repair something. He hasn't played one second of the preseason. He's That's not even been kicking. Last year, for Christ's sake. So let's talk about camp a little bit. David Bakhtiari came back the other day, and huge. that's huge news. Yeah. Right now, he didn't practice today, but I think that's probably planned. Like, we're going to have you go out there and then let's see how your knee is afterwards. Yep. Yep. But putting his hands on guys, I mean, they, you know, Packer Twitter was all over the videos of him, you know, pushing Caleb Jones around. Now, does that mean we'll get to Caleb Jones, but um, does that mean he's starting week one? 
I guess we'll see, right? He won't play in the third preseason game. And I guess I, I don't think so. My, my initial mindset is no, he won't play in the first re- regular season game because he's just not there. If he's only had his first practice yesterday, I doubt it. And that's something we'll have to talk about. What does the offensive line look like in week one, assuming that Jenkins is not quite ready yet. And Bakhtiari is not quite ready yet. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, assuming both are out. I was thinking about this today. And of course I think about like what we're going to talk about in the podcast, probably more than I should, but <laughs> what do other teams talk about? They talk about their starting quarterback and that kind of thing. They talk about other position groups. We basically in Packerland talk about Aaron Rodgers not playing. We talk about Jordan love a ton. And we've been talking about the wide receiver group. Now that Devonte Adams is no longer there. Every news media outlet that you turn on, I mean, whenever they talk about the Packers, all they talk about is just the wide receiver group. And, and it is news. I mean, from what I've seen in, in the preseason, there's some good things that are happening, but there's also kind of like, we've seen this before, especially, and I'll give the example of Amari Rogers last year, who had a really good preseason last year. And then he got under the bright lights and just like folded in half. And he wasn't even like serviceable out there anymore. They couldn't even run him out there anymore. We're rolling the dice. But if there's anyone who can make that squad better, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look who's throwing you the football. You got to catch it. Would Devontae Adams be who he is without him? I don't would think he, so. Would he have gotten that contract without having Aaron Rodgers throw to him all those years? Probably not. I'll say no. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers makes everybody better, like you just said. And Devontae yeah. Adams is no exception. Is Devontae Adams a great player? Absolutely he is. We'll see if he's, you know, is he going to be top two this year with Derek Carr throwing them football? Maybe not. Proof's in the pudding. Now, granted, he's 29 years old or 30 years old, so there's something to that, too. So it's a little bit unfair to compare the Rodgers era to the Derek Carr era, but he's not going to get balls thrown to him like Aaron Rodgers throws him the ball. Derek Carr doesn't have those skills. Yeah, the key to it is like, can you get in sync with Rodgers? Yeah. And that was what Devontae Adams, there was, there was a couple of years there where there, there was a couple of years of the drops. They weathered that storm, but they ended up being so in sync with each other, like not even having to call the play at the line. I mean, they, they knew exactly where they were going to be. They could communicate without even looking at each other, they knew exactly what was going on. And you saw that with MVS last year. That was a guy that they never got in sync with each other. Never. They were dead in the water with that. So that's the key for these guys. They have to get in sync with Rodgers. Yeah. And that's the danger, right? These are all young guys. Yep. Minus Cobb and Tanyan and Lewis. Everybody else is a young guy. Rodgers expects you to understand that on this play if the db is on your inside shoulder that you fade that route even though that's not the route or if the guy's on your you know whatever he expects you to understand that and that those nuances are very difficult for a young guy trying to learn a bigger playbook than they've ever had in their lives i mean in college at north dakota state you know christian watson ran a post and if you were told to run a post there was no nuance you run the four three or six four two ten. You run by the five eleven. You know what I mean? FBS right. quarterback, because you're so much more skilled than him. It's the NFL. It's going to be different, and I think that's the growing pains. I think we're going to see some growing pains. Hopefully, you know this kind of goes to Lafleur too. He's such a masterful manager of players and game schemes and everything else. I think he's. He's not going to put them into the deep water. When he's drawing up his game plan, 
He's not going to send these guys out into the deep water. He's going to set them up for success. So let's move on. We've missed two preseason, not missed two preseason games, but we haven't had a podcast during the first two preseason games. So let's buy or sell these guys. Buy meaning they've done well, sell meaning they've done poorly. If you look at it, are you buying? Now, Todd, you are the naysayer (laughs) of the Average Cheese podcast. Yes, I am. Are you buying or selling Jordan Love? I'm still selling. Okay. But... I will give you my thoughts on Jordan Love's preseason so far. I think the biggest change I see is his demeanor and his maturity. If you remember last preseasons, you'd see him come off the field and like he was ready to just like punch himself in the face about being so disappointed and just, you know, like any little thing. This year, totally different. He looks like pretty stoic. Three interceptions in, in that first game. Those first two were nowhere near on him. Threw one bad ball. The one pick was on him completely. It was. And I think LaFleur even said after the game that the, there was something with the, the route that that receiver ran that was... Guys ran the wrong route, yes. With all that said, I just think that's the biggest change that I've seen in him. And that's, I mean, that's huge. I was not expecting to see that. And I think he really has matured over the whatever this past year or whatever it is. However, there's still some growing pains that I see that make me say, I'm still sticking by the standard of that. He's not going to be an NFL quarterback. And that is in both of those preseason games, you see that simple throw to the flat with the running back. Sometimes that ball has got to be on the inside. He throws it to the outside. Sometimes it's got to go to the outside. He throws it to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a miscommunication with the backs or whatever, but that throw to me seems off and easy. The second thing I've observed is I think he's tr- almost trying to overprove himself in the pocket where I think he's thinking to himself, I have to stand in. The longer I stand in here, the more I can prove myself that I'm not just a runner. I'm a pot. I can stick in the pocket. I can take a hit, you know, like all, all those different things. But there's like about one split second that he stays there too long and you see his arm getting hit, balls getting tipped, throws off the, the timing of the routes. If he can clean that up, and a lot of times th- those balls are coming out and they're not good balls, whether it's the accuracy or the spin on the ball, they're not good because he's sitting there just too long and it's it's affecting his throwing. I'm trying to play quarterback coach, but I just noticed that almost every time he just stays in there just a little bit too long. And it's like, you saw, in, I think it was the second preseason game where he scrambled. It looked like a fucking debacle. I was like, oh my God, what is he doing? Like, <laughs> this is going to go bad. He got lucky and, and, and got out of it. But those are the, some of the things I'm still seeing. If he cleans that up, who knows? I mean, I'm buying Jordan Love. I don't agree with you at all that he will be, he will never be the, Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, but I do believe he will be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I feel like they have emphasized stay in the pocket and make plays from the pocket. And that makes sense in a preseason game. It goes to the thing you said about Zach Wilson. Don't run. Don't it's the preseason. You don't need to go run for six yards. If we go pass, 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 punt in a preseason game, nobody gives a fuck, Jordan. We want you to be healthy. And I think that's part of it. But I agree he stays in the pocket too long. I think we're comparing his accuracy to Aaron Rodgers' accuracy because, yeah, he is, he is not 100% accurate with the football. 
but he's not disgustingly bad where he's throwing it into the stands. Those passes into the flat, and it happened like three or four times in that first preseason game where he just missed guys. Yeah, he missed Dobbs, but then he cleaned it up and he nailed them. I think that Tom Clements has made a world of difference. Oh, sure. As quarterback coach. And like I mentioned, maybe that's what he cleaned up first. Like, dude, you got to grow up. Don't be such a bitch. Yeah. Stop your crying. All right, let's move on. We talk about Jordan Love all the time. (laughs) (laughs) BJ Goodson. So we talked about Kylan Hill. The running back room is pretty crowded. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Taylor. Patrick Taylor, too. Patrick Taylor. Yeah. So there's a lot of dudes in that room. Kylan Hill is more athletic than all of them. I think BJ Goodson looked good. I think it's going to be very difficult to put him on a practice squad and have him stay there. He has picked holes. He gets the zone blocking thing. And he, you know, he's made a lot of nice, like nine, 10 yard runs. He's had some pretty good games. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him because they're going to lose him if they put him on the practice squad. Super versatile. And kind of do it all. Kind of has that vision. Understands where and when to make the cuts at the line of scrimmage. I mean, I really liked that guy. I, I really like now. And, and Patrick Taylor, I feel like he's a such a different back than Goodson. Yes. Big, tall, and, and you're expecting him to like hammer dudes, and but he doesn't. No. It's kind of like. I think Patrick Taylor's day is done in Green Bay. I mean, we'll talk about the 53 be. next week. Oh. It could be. Goodson, good, Goodson might have got him. It could be temporarily. It could be Goodson as running back three. Mm-hmm. And Kylan Hill, Hill, Hill is penciled in as the fourth or however they're going to manage the roster. He had some good fucking runs, man. It, it's funny because the Packers have tried out a lot of safeties and this Micah Abernathy comes in in a game, wow. makes a really nice catch. Now, that guy fell down. The receiver fell down, which oh. allowed him to make that yeah. pick. But he still made the play. Stayed in bounds. There's something to be said for that. And I think his number was called more than just on that play. He seemed to kind of be in the right spots at the right times, has a nose for the football. And with Vernon Scott leaving, there you go, buddy. Here's your shot, right? Like this. He played a ton of snaps in this last game. I mean, we should we should preface this whole preview with the fact that we've got, you know, we're talking about second and third. Fourth string, string guys, guys. Yeah. second and third and fourth string guys. Fair enough. But it looked like he could play. I mean, yeah, he's standing out for sure on the defense. Yeah, I'm buying Micah Abernathy, at least in this one game. I mean, it's going to let's see what he does. And will he even play come the regular season? Probably right. There'll be some nicks and stuff on guys. I mean, Savage, who knows what's going on with him? Hopefully yep. his hamstring is fully healthy, but definitely had like an energy to him. And maybe yes. he's his way onto special teams. It's a good point. And Speaking he, of energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hair on fire, like Peter would say. And I think that's what Peter did say when they drafted Isaiah McDuffie was that this guy plays like his hair is on fire. I'm it almost was, positive that's what he said. It was. Dude, that guy <laughs> makes was. plays. I was shocked. And probably the biggest standout on the defensive side of the football was Isaiah McDuffie. Yeah. And McDuffie only played 26 snaps. In those 26 snaps, he had six tackles, four solo. He got turned on a crossing route, I believe. And that's probably where he doesn't find his way as being a starter. But Right. He's not a starter. And 
We don't need him to be a starter. That guy, I mean, he he was all over the place. Yeah, he played well. <laughs> I, I mean, from being what a fifth or sixth, fifth round pick, I think last year, McDuffie, he was a late pick. He wasn't like a third round pick or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he played I, well. Definitely got to keep that. A, a guy like that, you got to keep around. Mm-hmm. You'll find he, he could you can find a job for him on this football team. And even if he's special teams, if he decides yeah. like that, I'm going to play with my hair on fire on special teams, we could use that too. And we were talking about Amari Rogers. I'm buying Amari Rogers. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be a spectacular player in this league. I think he can be a good player if the Packers use him right. I did hear today, I saw it on Twitter, that he lined up in the backfield and took a handoff in the backfield. That's what Amari Rogers is going to give you. If you decide to make that kind of like Swiss Army knife player out of this guy, He's big enough to do it. He's not tall, but he's thick enough to take a couple hits. He's Debo Samuel. He's the same body. He's not as fast. He's the same body. Kick returner, jet sweep guy. Put him in the backfield. Put him in the slot once in a while. Let's give that guy a chance to get out into space and make plays because I think that's where he's going to thrive. Trying to just beat guys on regular routes, that ain't it. But he's played well. I honestly believe that if they can get production out of him this year, that if if he really takes a step up, that's going to solidify a lot of different question marks across the wide receiver group. Like if he can get his shit together, all indications are that again, we, it's almost like a broken record last year during the preseason, he was doing the same thing. I mean, that was a great touchdown that he scored. I mean, that was, I was like, shit. I mean, that was, that was nice. He had a couple nice kick returns. He's pretty sure-handed back there. I don't I don't know if that's his role. I just don't. But he had some nice kick returns. I feel like there's other guys who could I almost feel like there's some other guys that have more speed. For me that as a returner, it's it's all about speed. And he does look trim. He physically looks trimmer. I'm buying him so far, but we'll see what happens in the regular season cuz it could all go south in a big hurry for him. The next dude is not fast, but he is a mountain of a man. A fucking beast. Caleb Jones is an enormous human. If Caleb Jones could would take steroids, he could easily be a star in the WWE. I'm impressed indi- by him. Yeah, all indications are that he can actually play. Yeah, he's not just he- a giant human. They even showed, you know, like he, when did he come in? Third or fourth quarter of the second game, of the Saints game, I think it was. They even showed, at least on the local TV, dude was like trying to brush him. He just stiff-armed him, just put yeah. on his arm. And the, the dude stumbled. fell to the ground yeah. like a sack of shit. I mean, the, that dude is, you know, that dude is like 6'5", 290. Right. The dude just like bounced off his hand. <laughs> He's fucking dead. <laughs> I am surprised. I am too, because I just thought he was just a big body that just yeah. found his way into the NFL. And But dude can play. He was undrafted. What he college? played college ball at Indiana. He makes the roster. He oh, doesn't yeah. get practice squatted. He's oh, yeah. going to have to make the roster. Yeah. I He's agree. already shown that in, in his first two preseason games. For I agree. Sure. What a great problem to have. Yeah, so many talented linemen. I'm also buying J.J. Enigbare, and I hope I'm saying that name right. He is mini 52. He should get like 51 and a half as his jersey number. He reminds me so much of a younger Rashawn Gary. When Rashawn Gary came in the league, 
you just saw all this athleticism never get to the quarterback, but just be beating up on tackles. That's JJ Anikbari. I think he is going to be the guy that comes in when 52 and 91 are not in the game. I think he will be outside linebacker three. Yes. Hmm. I think he will get the 10 to 15 snaps, you know, to give him a breather hmm. more on passing downs. I don't know that he's ready to take snaps on first and second down, but I think he's ready to take snaps on third down when it's obvious passing situations. I think he's that good. Yeah. The only like, yes, he is like Gary, but he also has the same, like that last push towards the quarterback is just lacking a little bit. Just totally agree. There, dude. I mean, you're doing everything to get there. Just get there. Again, it's against second and third string guys. So it's a little bit tough to tell, but you can only play against the guy that's in front of you. The next two guys that you have the, both Slaytons. Okay. So TJ Slayton, the Packers drafted right. last yeah, year and we were all excited yeah. about him. So he only got like what 15 snaps in his second game. And I think that's oh. because he's played his way out of the preseason. I think they know yeah. what they have in TJ yeah, yeah, yeah. Slayton now. Yeah. And they're like, dude, we're shutting you down. You're, yeah, you're we're, done. We're good. Yeah, you're good. Chris Slayton is 60. And I think he, I don't know. Oh, again, wait, no, I did realize that there was two Slaytons, but I just couldn't. I think Chris Slayton is that D three, four defensive end. You know, he's the, I don't want to say he's taken Dean Lowry's spot. Cause I don't think he's there, but he's put pressure on the quarterback. He's constantly in the backfield. He looks a little undersized. Maybe it's the number like that. Number Maybe me the fuck off. that's a good point. Actually. <laughs> It might be because he's sixty. In like a sixty, it's like, are are you playing center, dude, or <laughs> right? Oh, you're a fucking nose tackle, right? He's played well. I think Chris Slayton has played his way onto the roster too. His number was called several times, I and mean, he was in on the action a lot, especially in the second preseason game. And the last one, and I, this has been all over Packers Twitter, and I wish we would have had a podcast last week because I watched Zach Tom play right tackle. Mm-hmm. He is so athletic. Really? Like his feet are so nifty. He, he, he oh, is in God. front of guys immediately. He's able to get out there on the edge and get in front of guys. He hasn't mm-hmm. allowed a pressure the entire preseason, and he's played a significant amount of snaps. And now you know why Cole Van Lannan is another. He's gone. Yeah. Zach Tom played center and tackle. That's an athletic wow. dude. So he played in college, right? He played center and tackle in college. I think he's too small to play guard, but I think he's so athletic. I wonder, I would love to see him get a chance, put him at guard in preseason game number three and see what he can do. And let's put the best five guys out there. Doesn't he have a weird number too? He's 50. Yeah. 50, which is odd Mm -hmm. for a tackle. That's a weird number for a center. That's, not. I'll have to keep my eye on him. I do remember seeing him, and the only reason he stuck out to me was like, what's a number 50 doing on the line? Go watch the condensed. I'll, I'll have to watch him. I'll have to watch him. I did not. He did not catch my eye, but I will watch him. Let's talk about some of the guys we weren't quite as impressed with. <laughs> well, first of all, the question is, I saw Barnes out there in the second half. Why the fuck is he out there? Why? I think, I think you was- addressed it with the Isaiah McDuffie thing. They want to see really? what they have in McDuffie. Well, you've got Quay Walker. You have Devondre we'll, Campbell, who hasn't we'll played. In a second. Right? So those two guys are going to start, right? Walker and Devondre Campbell are going to start. Then you've got Isaiah McDuffie, who has played very well in the preseason against better guys. Did Chris Barnes go from, like, starting games with the Packers know. last year to, like, linebacker number four? I think uh, he it has. Was, it was strange. I, okay. 
and he's going to mangle those dudes, right? Like this is a guy who started games in the NFL yeah. and now he's playing in the second half of the preseason I, I was why he was out there. I mean, I just thought like, I thought for sure he's, I would rather see him as a rotational, him and Quay Walker trading reps until Quay Walker gets his feet and some more experience in the NFL. Like, I, th- I think that's how it should go. So that's why I was confused. I was like, what the fuck's Barnes doing out there in the third and fourth quarter? I mean, I, I thought, like, to bring Quay Walker up to speed, you'd almost 50-50 those guys. Well, Walker didn't play much at all in this last preseason. Yeah, we'll he got, play. like, 10 snaps in this game. He hasn't done much, right? Like, I tried, I watched him, and I actually – and first of all, I know I've said this before, the NFL app is the worst fucking app tv app like why can't you go back 10 seconds you got to go back 30 seconds on the nfl app it makes me mental because i'm like oh quay walker's in a game i'm gonna hit reverse and i'm gonna watch and it takes you like two plays back then you gotta watch two plays again to your point i guess that's an indication of where he sits on the depth chart right now March fourth yeah weird and they need four linebackers well he's definitely a, a 53 but he's it was just kind of odd. I would rather see him and Quay Walker 50-50 in games until Quay Walker really try to tries to understand where he's at in the NFL. I don't know if we're going to go through the same mess on special teams as we did last year. We hired Rich Bisaccia, right? Like he's going to fix the mess that is the special teams. Yep. And now granted, they cut this dude almost immediately. Right. Maybe he didn't even make the plane ride back. Oh but no, Gabe. I don't even know how to say his name. Burkick, Burkich, B R K I K K I C. Yeah. Like if if your fucking name has the word kick in it and you're a kicker, <laughs> you should you be able think, to make kicks. You would think you were born to do this. That was probably one of the worst. There's kickers who shank kicks. There's golfers who shank balls off the tee. I mean, it it happens. It's rare. That was one of the fucking worst kicks. My kick at Lambo in fucking full hunting gear and fucking boots was way more better. Like looked way better than that. Yeah. I did not do that. No, you did in snow on a frozen fucking field. And it was in August in a preseason game where the temperature is perfect right. and, the, and the, there's no wind. And I told Marcy that looked like I'm playing Madden and I have no idea how to kick an extra point. So I just hit the button twice really fast. That's what that f- looked like. That no. ball went straight sideways. That was no. It would be like someone who never played Madden or Xbox ever. And yeah. you handed them the controls. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Then after they cut Burkich, they they brought this Ramiz Ahmed, who was a bear. who was in Bears camp, not a bear, but he was in Bears camp and they brought him up and he looked pretty good. In fact, I saw on Twitter today that Ahmed made a kick from 52 that they thought would have been good from 60. I wonder if they will keep him on the practice squad with Crosby not yet being right. I wonder if Crosby starts on the pup. Like I, I, I doubt, I doubt it. I would be stunned if they went into week one with Ramiz Ahmed as their kicker. But I think there's something to having a big leg. We've talked about it before. Having a guy that can blast kicks through the end zone would be a huge upgrade in special teams from last year. 
if we don't have to cover kicks because you can kick it through the end zone, I'll take that all day long. Let them start at the 25 with no momentum whatsoever. One of the guys I'm selling is Tyler Davis. Now I know the Packers are high on this dude, but week one, ball hits him right in the hands, tipped interception. up, interception. Last week, ball hits him right in the chest, fumble. Yep. If you're doing this in the preseason, we can't have this, man. I, the only reason I think Tyler Davis deserves a roster spot at this point is there's nobody else. Right. It's Mercedes Lewis. Tanya's not back yet. There's nobody else. Tyler Davis has been terrible. This was a complete oversight when we did several podcasts back before on my part is I didn't really realize how thin or how much of a concern the tight end room is. I mean, it's blatant now. That's probably the biggest standout from the entire preseason, the two preseason games that we've seen where it's like, holy shit. I mean, Tyler Davis needs to be cut. Like you said, you almost can't. So They brought, they brought in a bunch of guys like Alizé yeah. Mack has been in camp. He has done zero. Right. You can't be with the Packers. You have to be the pass-catching tight end. Mercedes Lewis is the guy they're going to come in. They cut Dominic Daphne. Daphne. Yeah, I saw gone. that. I know. So you, you Another surprise. Mercedes because he Lewis, could block. He Who the fuck else guy. is going to block? Mercedes Lewis. That's it. There's nobody else. But you I don't. Know, Tanya, you know, we, we know Tanya can't block. Right. We know Davis can't block. We know DeGuara can't block. What are we left with? Mercedes left Lewis with- to, to be the, the only person who's well-rounded enough to block as a tight end? I think he's the blocking guy. I think oh the rest God. of them need to be pass catching guys. And I don't think any of them are it. I think Deguara is fine. Davis saying it. I hope that Tanya can come back full 60 catches guy again, because they're going to need him with these young receivers, the tight end group. I'm selling all of it. All the, all the tight end play in the preseason has been shit. I mean, I know you can't do this at this point in the preseason, but Tyler Davis is awful. DeGora, I've mm. never been high on him. I would throw that dude at best on the practice squad, but I just don't see what, they, what they're getting out of any of these guys. The tight end room is just abysmal at this point, especially with getting rid of Daphne. What the fuck was that for? That I didn't don't know. block. I don't know. He got cut like the first... I know. Round of cut, so they clearly I know. <laughs> think I know. they've got something better. All right, and it's only a preseason, and you've recycled twice already. I'm yeah. glad you're back to put money in the cut. I'm, I'm back into back regular into form. season four. Yeah, nice. Well, a- also bad. I don't want to say bad, but Quay Walker hasn't shown anything as far as a first round pick goes. He looks completely tentative. Yes, that's the perfect word. He's tentative at this point. And I don't know how that's like, dude, you're not going against starters. Things are about to ramp up, Quay. I hope you're ready. He isn't ready. To go back to the Chris Barnes conversation, maybe it's Barnes Campbell or it's McDuffie Campbell and Quay Walker comes in once in a while. I I think he's going to be better in coverage, right? He's going to be better in coverage than just because of his length. And, and his speed. I don't know. He's been re- not very good. Like if there's one player in the preseason that I've kind of honed in on, it's been Quay Walker. And yeah. I just haven't seen anything. Speaking of nothing, although he was a seventh round pick, 
Jonathan Garvin is. He's fucking garbage. He is terrible. He is fucking garbage. I don't understand what, what they see in him. I mean, he almost reminds me of a Perry. Almost but nowhere exactly. near as athletic or talent. No, no, Perry. no. But as I'm not going to get my uniform fucking dirty. For like, a guy who's oh, trying to make the roster. Not, the football's not going towards my side. I'll just yep. kind of stand around. On the coast. Yep. He does not look like he wants to be involved. No. I don't know what he's doing out there. Again, he might be a player where does he make the 53? Maybe just because there isn't anyone else. Almost non-existent. He's garbage. Sean Ryan has also not been very good. Sean Ryan, third-round pick, who looks a little bit, how do I say, I don't want to call it overwhelmed, but he looks a bit outmatched, kind of. Like, physically, I feel like he got thrown around on a couple plays, and I'm like, dude. You yeah. played college football at UCLA. It's the Pac-12. It's not like you played at, you know, Whitewater or something. Like, you played <laughs> big-time games against guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and stuff. Like, you, this shouldn't be that hard for you. But he has really struggled. He, he almost looked like lost in the – like, a, read the playbook, dude. Or, or I don't know. And you're a lineman, so it ain't that difficult. It looked like he was making those types of mistakes. Almost. Like he didn't know where to be? He definitely stood out as, like, probably the one lineman where it was like, oh, boy. He is not ready for prime time, and they'll have to keep him on the roster, too. He's going to have to get significantly better. I mean, to his credit, the one thing that I can say for him is he played tackle, and now he's moved inside, and that's that's a transition. Having guys on your feet all the time and being inside with guys on both sides of you, that's going to be something different that he's not used to, but you can't be overmatched. It's not right. like you're small. He's like 325. Like, this is yeah, not a small like, man. When all else fails, man Big the five. fuck up. Thank you. you exactly. Know? I mean, if you don't know where to be. Just punch someone and, in the mouth. Yeah, just like annihilate somebody. Yes. And finally. Oh, God. <laughs> don't even get me started. I, I will start with Ty Summers. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a mystery. <laughs> I mean, he is a fucking mystery. Yes. He, you uh, know, again, you go back to his RAS score. Like, he's a super athletic dude. They picked him in the seventh round because his athletic numbers off the chart. The man can't play football no. in the NFL. No. He probably can be a good CFL player because he's athletic. Ian Book made Summers do the Matrix, that thing where Keanu Reeves like back, like leans back and all the bullets go flying over them. Go back and watch Ian Book's really Really? long run in the Saints game. How a quarterback and a backup quarterback at that can make you literally fall over backwards. That's embarrassing. You can't be on the roster. Well, you can be, but you cannot play snaps. No. On the defensive side of the ball. Fuck no. Oh, my he, God. Because I got to find that I, for you. Do you know which play I'm talking about? The long run I, that Ian Book had? What quarter was it in? I want to say the third quarter because I think he got more snaps after this. After um, half than I, I will find. I didn't it. watch the fourth quarter of the same game. I will find that run for you. Oh. It's I think it's like oh, right around the time it. where Etling ran that long touchdown. I, I definitely missed it then. Okay. I, I will try to uh, my hardest to find it for you and send it to you because it's exactly what you'd expect your friend Ty Summers to do. Is he athletic? Okay, great. I mean, but dude, he plays very choppy. He's just chop, chop, chop. There's no, there's no smoothness to him. He's just like hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, and run past the play. 
Yeah, or not even be there. I don't know what they see in him. What the fuck is he going to do? He sucks at special teams. He's a liability if you throw him out there at linebacker. What are they getting out of this guy at this point? <laughs> it's just a, a complete fucking mystery to me. How you know he- you know why he needs to stay on the roster, right? Why? So we can so tell I the can, swear jar because all of our guys are gone. That's true. Because <laughs> yeah. you saw in the 49er game, Burks was there too. Yes, and actually making tackles, which I thought was pretty funny. Against second and third strings. But. Yeah, which is what he is. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Holy crap. We play the Chiefs on oh, yeah. Thursday. Chiefs season yep. game number three. Yep. Yeah, and that's it's, it's almost like a throwaway, right? I mean, just throw some guys out there who you're interested in who are on the bubble, get them out there and see what they do. Yeah. Other, other than that, safe, safeguard everybody. It's going to be ugly to watch. You're not going to see Mahomes and shit, right? No. No. I doubt it. I mean, if you – yeah, there's no way. Why would he beat up on Micah Abernathy and, you know, Shamar yeah. John Charles, and who actually played pretty well. That's yeah. something we'll have to talk about. He, he was all over – they played him in multiple I positions. That. I did see that. Yeah. Be nice to see what his development's going to be like. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, and I'm sorry I'm bringing us up at the end of the podcast. But uh, Razul Douglas played a little safety today in camp. Oh, really? I think that is very interesting. Ooh. It's something we should let's let's talk more about that next time. I actually like that. So, okay. All right. Let's do it. So, thanks for listening to episode 91 of the Average Cheese Pack, the Brian Noble episode. Go Paco. Go Paco. Go Paco.